Hello and welcome again to the Golfing Mind, the podcast which, uh, well, we look at the game of golf in all its glory and where possible we focus on the mental game. Um, For those of you who are new to the podcast, there are over 110 previous podcasts which look extensively at the mental game and you can find them in the archive. I'm Robin Seeger, your host, and this week I'm joined by one of my regular co-hosts, Neil Faulkner. Neil, what kind of week have you had? Good morning, Robin. A better week than you. I did not go to Aqua Aerobics, and therefore my back is in good shape. Oh, yeah. Sorry. that uh, That's a little back reference to the fact I went to an Aqua Aerobics class. So for once in my life, I was the youngest person in the class. And then trying to be overly enthusiastic and show everyone how it should be done, I managed to put my back out. So uh, I don't know if I'm the first person to get a heart injury in a soft sport. I don't know. but uh, I think there's a lesson in there for all of us. Yes, um, and you can decide what that lesson is to each their own. Um, we're now in the middle of the major season with the Masters behind us, and uh, there's a lot to come up. But it got me to thinking, uh, there are people who are favourites of the fans, and for those of us who are really dedicated to golf and study the history and look at it, there are other characters or incidents in the game of golf, which I thought today would enable me to explore uh, a theme which is heroes and villains. Now, I know it's a dramatic title because I don't think anyone is truly a villain. But just for the benefit of this podcast, I thought heroes and villains would be a nice title. Um, Neil, um, do you think golf is a polarizing sport for the spectator? Heroes and villains, I suppose, is a story as old as time, Robin, isn't it? David and Goliath are first heroes and villains. And I suppose as we, we've we watched Ryder Cup games over the years, there have been heroes and villains. And it depends on whether you're an American or a European as to who the hero is and who the villain is. I remember, I suppose it was Rory McIlroy against Patrick Reed, which was the most uh, the most recent example of a fantastic game of golf. And uh, clearly, one group was pulling for one guy very hard and the other for the other very hard. And um, I can't actually remember who won the game. I think Patrick Reed prevailed. Patrick Reed won the game. I think he was one up or two up. I think there were seven under par through nine holes or eight holes, something. There was just extraordinary. But there was a great deal of he's the Rory was the talisman for Europe. And Patrick Reed was a slightly... Marmite character. Uh, Marmite, by the way, for those of you who aren't British, is a paste you can put on your a yeast paste like Vegemite in Australia, and you either love it or you hate it. And Patrick, oh, we- we're doing product placement now, are we? Um, <laughs> yes, yes. Follow the link on the podcast, and you can get one percent off a, an order over two hundred pounds. I wish. Um, though it is a polarizing character, and and um, Pat, what was you know what Patrick Need's nickname was? Of course, do you remember it? No, I don't. America. They called him Captain America. So he was the kind of guy that did would bang Did they call him chair. Captain America or did he call himself Pat, uh, Captain America? Now you mentioned it. Maybe he called himself Captain America. Uh, but I know that he is definitely would fall into the character even today as a villain. I mean, when he played in the U.S. Masters this year, he was wearing his LIV, his live hat. And it's very, very, he was in your face. And I think he came in the top five, didn't he? Or he did I think he did. I think he did. And but do you he, think he, do you think he plays plays up to this character he has, or he's been identified as in the papers? Or do you think this is genuinely who he is? I think it's genuinely who he is, and I say that 
and I obviously I, I'm not good. I can't mention examples or I can't say anything that is in any way litigious. But I've heard more stories about him that don't flatter him than any other player in golf. Um, and I've heard this from people inside the ropes, as they say. So, but he is, and I'll tell me if you agree with this. I think he's great box office. And I'll tell you, well, you you might know the answer to this. Tiger Woods was, for 15 years, the biggest draw in golf. So he, if he played in a tournament, they sold more tickets, they got more viewers, there was more coverage. Who was player number two that carried that? So if Tiger wasn't playing, then this is the most surprising answer, and no one gets it. Um, so who would be the second biggest draw? Right, I'm going to guess John Daly. You're right. It is John Daly. And- <laughs> <laughs> You're not meant to get it. You're meant to let me show off. But sorry, sorry, uh, Phil Mickelson. Now John Daly, and oh, John why Daly. is John Daly seriously? You're joking. I'm not joking. Absolutely true. I was talking to an American journalist, and he told me that the viewing figures, if Tiger's not playing, uh, the, the bit they still, if John Daly's playing, uh, gets more press coverage, more box office gate at the gate, and uh, it he, because he he's slightly he's the ultimate blue collar player. He's not establishment. You know, there's a guy that lived in a trailer park, turned up, was the eighth alternate when he won his first major, um, grip it and rip it. He had a mullet haircut, smoked continuously. I mean, the, the establishment have got to not like him, have they? He's not He's not a great advert for the game. Well, the uh, John Daly? Yeah. Oh, I, I don't know. I think he's... I think there are many, there are many commendable things about John Daly. Uh, but perhaps he's... Perhaps, perhaps his trousers are one of them. Perhaps not, um, but but yes, I understand what you're saying, and I, I think I think this is fundamental to one of the points that live, I gather, supposedly make, which is that they are trying to appeal to a demographic that hasn't watched golf of late, or hasn't ever watched golf. And Tiger, I think Tiger Tiger did that, didn't he? Tiger was the man who unlocked a lot of youngsters who really didn't think golf was for them um and lock the game for them likewise i suppose maybe 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 john daly the same the same thing neil i couldn't agree with you more and i would add to that list i mean i would say this i'm gonna add two more people to my my hero list because i to me john daly is a hero less of a villain um i think john daly was an outsider he didn't come from you know um, a background that gave him the country club or access to it. I'm not sure if he played college golf or not, so I need to sort of look up on that. But he was an outsider. He didn't fit in. He smoked on the course. He drank heavily. He gambled. Uh, he was not. He was somebody who wasn't a great role model, potentially, in the eyes of some. Tiger Woods, he came from an ethnic background which, which couldn't play at country clubs. So often when he got into tournaments as a junior, that's the only way he could get onto that course was because he was a, a competitor. And his father drilled into him. You got to beat those people. So for and they in the very early days, I think Tiger was as much a villain in the eyes of the the public, not for being a bad person, but like oh, this slightly arrogant. And I've heard that the stories. I mean, you was it you that told me the story that um and I'm and I've heard it verbatim from somebody who was who was there. But in the when Woods was playing in the uh, U.S. Amateur, um. He didn't replay. He was, I think, one up with two to go or one down with two to go or three to go. And um, he placed his ball because the other person had to putt first. The other person putted and made the putt. Woods then had to make his putt for a half. 
but he went and placed his ball down without putting the marker back into the original position. And the fellow he was playing against said to him, Tiger, um, you didn't place the ball back. You have to move the mark. You have to move it to the original position, which he did. And therefore he putted, made the putt. And he went on to win the match, as it turns out, on the 37th hole, I think. But he never thanked the guy. The guy who stopped him losing the match. Um, the guy that said to him, actually, you didn't put your ball back. So I think Tiger was a killer when he was a young guy. I mean, I think Faldo was a killer on the golf course. There's a story in the uh, tour in Africa. Sandy Lyle put a bit of tape in the top of his putter to stop the sun reflecting into his uh, dazzling him. And this was in the practice putting green. Faldo didn't tell him that was illegal. But after the round was played, Faldo went and reported him to the rules committee and had him disqualified. Now, is that just competitiveness or is that mean spirit? I I hadn't heard either of those stories, Robin. So um, difficult to comment, really. Um, I mean, clearly, the the, the guys you identify have phenomenal competitive spirit. And... um, that that there we are. Does that does that overcome everything? I mean, you can you can you can you can see from the stories that Lance Armstrong tells these days that uh, he he is he he now acknowledges that his competitive spirit was so astonishing that he was quite happy to bring down a number of relatively innocent or innocent characters in 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 his life who who came in his way. Um, Very true. And he, he regrets that, but whether he regrets that um, sincerely or not, I don't know. But 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 there we are. I, are they are they they're your they're your villains? Are they? No, well, no. You know, they they can sit. I think at, at times they've both been my villains, and now they're probably my hero. I tell you, somebody who I think in the eyes of someone would be a, a villain and a hero would be Sebi Ballesteros. You ask Paul Azinger, does he? How? What does he think of? Back in the day in the Ryder Cups, when when Seve would say, <coughs> be coughing a lot and you changed your, I mean, really competitive. But again, Seve was an outsider. He had to battle for being a, and okay, here's something that I think you'll agree with me as a hero. Seve was, uh, the, the, the Americans did themselves no favors with Seve, I think, early on when, as he was breaking through, all, all, all of the commentators referred to him as Steve. And he would say, he would say, no, my name, not Steve, it's Sevi. They go, okay, Steve, tell us what you got on the 17th. And that, I think, irritated him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that, that. And probably contributed to his to his his desire to win in the Ryder Cup. But going back to the Ryder Cup, do you remember a Scottish player called Eric Brown? I do. Right, Eric Brown. I didn't, a- I didn't ever, I didn't, I, I've heard of Eric as okay, the, Eric the legendary this- hothead. Hothead? Just- would that be right? Hothead? Was, it, was he not a no, famously, famously oh, no, angry he, man I mean, on the golf course? From but time he was time. captain of the British of the Ryder Cup team when it was a British team. He'd say to the players, "Under no circumstances give any putt of any distance in any match," and th- that just that really irritated the Americans. But the the amount of antipathy towards I mean, it's, oh, it was extraordinary. Um, but here's someone else, hero or villain, and I think we're going to agree in this. This is nice. Walter Hagen. Right. I I, I don't know. I, th- I think you could probably paint him as either, could you? Well, I think you possibly could. 
but he was he was box office for me. I mean, I know you've read the, his biography because I borrowed it from your library. Um, and then I bought it for myself after I lost your copy. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. Um, there was a guy who was a professional golfer. He came to the United Kingdom and wasn't allowed in the clubhouse because he was a professional golfer. And he just, that appalled him. So what did he do? He didn't sort of complain and get upset. Um, uh, he didn't do any of that. He just hired a, a Rolls Royce and sat in the car park and ate his lunch with a butler serving him. I mean, I think that's just fantastic. That's just, uh, that's fantastic. Well, Hagen, Hagen famously used to, used to declare on the first tee, who's going to come second? Oh, yeah. And he was calling cry each time. And he, 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 who was, who was his, his arch rival, perhaps Gene Sarazen. There was an instant where Gene Sarazen hit the ball into the woods at one of the country clubs they were playing at, and the ball bounced out, to which Hagen shouted, a lot of your family live in those woods, Gene, aren't they? <laughs> I've never heard that story. Um, and and that, that's the other most famous quote is when the day before the playoff in, in one of the tournaments that opened, or I'm not sure which one, the US Open, they said to him, his opponent said, at nine in the evening, he's having his dinner, and they said, oh, I can't remember who he's playing against. They said, that, that fellow you're playing tomorrow, he's gone to bed already. And to which Hagen famously replied, yeah, but I bet he's not sleeping. <laughs> So anyway, but anyway, we've talked a bit about heroes. Regards to villains, and there's not, an, in a sense, I'm not going to use player by an individual because I think there's one or two players I would get myself in a lot of trouble if I was to say why I think they're villains. So I'm going to sort of uh, leave that for a dinner party conversation when that, there's no recording equipment going. But I would, I often think, here's one of my favorite villains, the rules officials in the USGA who told Dustin Johnston that he was possibly going possibly going to be penalized two shots because his ball possibly moved on the putting surface. I mean, how how stupid do you think that is to do that? Or if okay, Neil, your your background's law. Do you think as a USGA or official, it's your duty to tell the player they might be penalized? Or would you say I, nothing? What would you do? I, I don't know. I think it's I think it's a very difficult situation. I have I have a lot of sympathy for the rules officials in those circumstances. I think I don't think there's anyone in golf that thinks what happened was 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 good or positive. Having a stroke penalty potentially there for six or seven holes while Johnson played was 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 disappointing for the game. It 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 doesn't help that it was in a stroke play competition because stroke play competition pits one man each man against the rest of the field. So you need to be fair for all involved. But it would clearly have been better to come to a very quick answer on this issue. And I think I think as far as I know, the rules rules bodies have done as much as they or done a lot to sharpen up sharpen up the the rules and the way that they they administer the rules so it doesn't happen again but uh, i mean i guess we'll see do you think that rule for example if the ball moves when you're about to putt because of the wind it's patently not a fair it's patently not a fair rule and it's patently outside the control of the player so i've never understood why that rule was considered uh, as being a part of the fabric of the rules of golf is it still the case that rule? I think it's been changed. Well, <laughs> as, I, as I've told you before, my knowledge of the rules of golf is pretty limited, Robin. So, um, 
I mean, what will I say? As far as rules go and looking at looking back at what we what we what we're supposed to be talking about, which is heroes and villains, I think one of the the least savory moments I've seen on a golf course was during a um Solheim Cup at Loch Lomond, where Uh-oh. there was an incident where uh, Annika Sorenstam was off the green, the U- US players were on the green, and it looked to all intents and purposes as if it was Annika's shot because she was off the green. The US players supposedly did not object to that. Annika chipped in, and there, there, then the US players contended that she was she was actually closer than 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 they were. So following the intervention of their captain, Annika was made to replay the shot, which disappointed her, and I suspect put um an awful lot of venom in the 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 European side as they played in the afternoon foursomes against them. Um, so whether that backfired or not on on Pat Bradley and her team is difficult to say. But it was, I I I would have seen a hero and villain moment in that. Yeah, I mean, I think there's the letter of the law and there's the spirit of the law, and I think that you know my category, I've got two categories of. Uh, um. Oh, we've just been joined by Mike Kershaw. Mike, well, welcome to the party, late as ever. Um, what's your excuse for being late? Well, I wasn't going to come on at all, as you know, Robin, and, and uh, unfortunately, the plans I had for this morning, which is a cycle ride, um, the heavens have opened and I've decided not to go. So uh, probably the right right move. So I certainly thought, oh, it's okay, I can come on, it's nine o'clock, I can come on to the uh, podcast, only to find it wasn't nine o'clock, it was 8.30, so sorry. Okay, oh, no. well, anyway, uh, that makes me the villain in this particular does, case. It does. Well, this this uh, this is us um, almost getting ready to, to wrap up. But we're going to ask you. I'm going to name four players. See if they're a hero or a villain. John Daly, hero. Tiger Woods, hero. Uh, Patrick Reed, villain. <laughs> Savvy Ballesteros. <laughs> That's a terrible thing to say about anyone, isn't it? He's a great player. Um, uh, Semi about Ciro's hero, hundred percent. Okay. Well, no, I, I mean, going back to villains, uh, I just think unsporting players. And villains think- can become heroes, Robin. You know that, don't you? So, for example, when when Nicklaus burst on the scene, he was he was in the eyes of Arnie's army. That 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 the villain. He was the man there to take away the crown from their great hero. And of course, when Nicholas became the incumbent, then Weisskopf was a bit of a villain. Tom, Tom Watson was a bit of a villain. Vino to an extent. Tom Watson a little bit. Yeah. So anyway, Mike, you might know the answer to this. Uh, Neil and I were just pontificating. I was just saying the rule whereby... The rule... Yes. Where, sorry, the rule whereby if the ball moves in the green, it's not fair. What's your view on that? Uh, what if the ball moves on the green outside eight, it's a wind or whatever? Yes, um, it's not fair. Well, it, yeah, yeah, that's just rubber the green, isn't it? That's just is, well, is, is it? No, Mike, the question is, is that hero or villain? <laughs> it's, 
No, you do. I did go off on a tangent. Trying to confuse me now because I'm come why, on a bit. Why are we late. talking about? Why are we talking about the rules, Robin? I thought we were talking. No, no, about no. Well, I, was, I was actually me making a connection to Dustin Johnson when he was told he might get a two-stroke penalty for the ball moving on the green during the final round of a major. That was where it came from. But okay, I digress. But uh, but now for me, heroes and villains. I think if every sport has them, cricket has them, soccer has them, rugby has them. People you love, people you hate. I think. Trying to demonize someone creates box office. I think golf, I mean, I think at the moment, probably the big villain in the eyes of golf would be Greg Norman, you know, because what, what he's done is it. And I, I, you any views on that, either of you, Neil? I, I well, for, for it's worth, I don't think he's a villain in that. I think he's, 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 he's been paid to try and put a, an alternative tour together. I don't think there's a problem with, with an alternative tour at all. Uh, it might work, it might not work. Players have had have choice now, and that's up to that's kind of this is just competitive the competitive world, and I don't see any problem with it. And I think what what what's happening is the, the PGA are, are trying to demonise him and and them and create call them all villains in a, because they just don't like it. And I'm not surprised they don't like it, but that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with it intrinsically. It's it's, no, it's no. another way of it's another format of golf. Yeah, having no. a go, somebody wants to put the money up, good on them. Yeah, interestingly. I don't actually think a lot of the players are that anti it. I think the media are, are um are, have decided to 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 you know to go after Greg. Uh, he's never been a particularly popular person, as we know. And probably you've already talked talked about him, but he's he's never been one who's who's been um, hugely popular, except at North Hans Golf Club, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> where he came, where he came to play in his early days. Actually, now you mention it, didn't he? Um, before you were married, didn't he know your wife, Jenny? He did, as it turns out. Yes, he did. As a young tour pro, he's, even as a young tour pro in the early, well, I suppose, the late seventies, <clears throat> he used to practice at Northampton. And he, yes, he got to know Jenny. And, and I had, had even then he had a Ferrari. Even in those days, he had a Ferrari. He was he was quite flash. But, but what kind of car did you drive in those days, Michael? Datsun Cherry. <laughs> the same car. An orange Datsun Cherry. One of my finest. I seem to remember sharing it with you, Neil. Well, <laughs> actually, actually, that was we our second it together. Car. It was one hundred pounds between yeah. us, wasn't it? I, I, th I think you'll find that our first car was a, uh, an orange Opel Manta. Oh, sorry, not a Datsun Cherry. Opel Manta. That's correct. We then, we then, we then moved up the food chain to a. That's and cherry. cherry. <laughs> That's right. Oh, was it, was it, was it not, Mike, did that influence Jenny's seeing you in a different light? What she had a choice between Greg Norman or me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, obviously, I had at the time was still holding the East Lancashire under 14 long driving championship, 1976. Yeah. And you were holding it and you were 18 years of age. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 uh, and yeah. That's um, obviously she thought weighed up the two quality golfers, chose me. And, and, and I, I wonder if she feels... Well, luckily there wasn't anyone around with a personalised number plate, Mike. Yeah? No. Because we know how... We, we, we know how what? they go down. Yeah. Personalised number plate. Who would ever get a personalised number plate? <laughs> really? Who do those? Particularly one that had something like S1EGS for yes. Seager. So S1 E G S Seegs. Oh, who'd ever do that, Neil? 
I don't know. It seems a bit naff to me, but there we are. I, and I can't think of a better point to call this uh, this podcast to a, to a close. Uh, I, I, I may I may not have personalized number plates. Uh, I may have bought them for myself. They may have been a gift. Who knows? And I'm not revealing. And I do know to Mike, to your wife, Jenny, I, I just wonder how often she laments the fact she didn't choose Greg over you. And uh, were that to be the case, maybe, maybe Jen's children would have won some majors by now. But we'll never know. We'll never know. Well, that's it for this week. Uh, you may have your own heroes, your own villains. This was just a sort of lighthearted look at the game and people that have uh, fallen into our orbit to to get that uh, title. Uh, next week, we're going to be reviewing the US um, PJ tour, uh, tournament, which is going to be uh, played at, uh, where is it going to be played? Oak Hill East in Rochester, New York, which will... Uh, be exciting as always, I'm sure. But until then, uh, if you're keen to learn more about the game of golf, uh, go to seagergolf.com where we have a number of courses specifically on the mental game. Uh, I don't give advice in the swing because I'm still looking for advice myself, as I'm frequently reminded. But uh, that's goodbye from me and Mike. And thank you for joining us, Mike. Thank you for joining I'll us. Be late. Apologies, uh, everybody, but uh, thanks, Robin. Nice to see you. Goodbye, Neil. Uh, bye, Robin. Uh, any time for product placement? <laughs> yeah. No. Well, I'm just I'm very disappointed to see that cycling came before doing the podcast today. But there you go. We all have our priorities. Opal okay. Mantas are fantastic motorcars. Yeah, yeah. Cherry Datsun. Yeah. Maybe the Datsun Motor Company might be in touch with you, Neil. You never know. Test your yeah. luck. Okay, that's it. Take care. Bye bye. Have a great week wherever you are.